What is up? We are back. Welcome on this Christmas Eve Eve on this Thursday matinee edition of Football Life Presents the Audible, December 23rd. I'm your host, Randy Hammond, alongside Matt Bushnell for episode 85. COVID canceled our first of two shows this week, but it can't knock us down forever, Matt. We are here, and just like the NFL, we're just dealing with it the best we can. Yeah, we don't uh, reschedule things. We just cancel them. The NFL <laughs> should have just canceled Raiders and um, Browns. No, that was on Monday. Good God. How many games? Three games got rescheduled, huh? Yeah. Seahawks and Rams and then Philly and the Washington football team. Oh, yeah. Oh, Look, Randy. I don't know about you, but there's only two days this week without football, and it was yesterday, and it's tomorrow. So I'm not that mad. You know, oh, I no. Football, oh, no. football is on Friday, my friend. I'm what not sure is. what bowl game it is. It's probably two crappy teams, but it's on. Fair enough. Bowl season is in full effect. We don't have enough time in the day to break down all the bowl games. My oh, God, God we, no. <laughs> you have too many children for that, Matt. <laughs> yes, way too many. I, You know what? I don't even watch college football, Randy. I just look at game tape for draft yeah. prospects because I just don't have time. I'll watch the big ones. Uh, other than uh, that, I, the, the small ones, if they're on, cool. If not, I, I don't really care. Um, all right. Well, before we get into all of it, we're going to preview week 16. I cannot believe it is week 16 already. We're going to kind of break down a little bit of what happened in week 15 as we go along. We're going to kind of condense them, but also just mainly look forward because looking back is almost too hard at this point in the week. Um, but before we get into all of it, Matt, episode 85, to me, an iconic number in our sport. Uh, you know what? I let you normally let you go first. I'm taking the first one here, right. and I'm going to go with the guy who I think of always, my generation, the man who renamed himself after the number, not the correct way, I don't think it's Spanish, but Chad Ocho Cinco. He uh, was a great receiver for the Bengals uh, for a lot of my youth, and honestly, not that long ago. Uh, Chad, Chad Johnson, Chad Ocho Cinco was so much fun to watch uh, back in those Bengals teams. And then the other one I think of is uh, a, t- a great tight end, for, also from my youth, same time uh, era. Uh, maybe a Hall of Famer. I don't know. I got to look at the numbers. But Antonio Gates, uh, Philip Rivers, security blanket for so many years. Uh, great on those Chargers teams. Love me some Antonio Gates. Who you got for number 85, Matt? I'm going to go with some famous Bears. A member of the 85 Chicago Bears Super Bowl winner, the um, Dennis McKinnon. Great player. Love Dennis McKinnon. And you know what? For our current Bear fan generation, uh, the guy who can't catch a football, Cole Komet. <laughs> Cole Komet. And uh, I guess for the Giants fans out there, um, there was a famous play from a number 85 on the Giants. Um, you may have heard of it. It was, it was called the helmet catch. Um, I got it over my shoulder right here. Um, I just not, I just got just a play that happened once. I don't know. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Um, um, but David Tyree wore number 85. So uh, shout out to David Tyree. Anyway, enough Giants talk because I, I don't know if you knew this. I went to MetLife Stadium on Sunday kind of over the Giants experience. Don't really want to go again. We'll talk about that game, kind of, but I don't really even want to do that. Just if you go to a football game, go somewhere where it's warmer, maybe inside of a dome, maybe watch a couple teams who are good that make it watchable. Don't do what I did. Be smarter than me. Just enjoy football more in a better way than I did. Well, let's talk about that for a second. You know, (laughs) I've been to a couple stadiums in my life for football. I've been to the Arizona Cardinal Stadium. It was all right. Um, I've been to the toilet known as Soldier Field, by far one of the worst sporting venues I've ever been to. Um, And I've been to Lambeau Field and I've been to Ford Field personally. And for anybody listening, you know, that's in the chat, 
feel free to name your favorite stadium here, but my favorite football stadium by far is Lambeau Field. Mm. I've never been. I would love to go. It looks like the best possible atmosphere you could ever want for a football game. It's good. Uh, we, we rave about SoFi and um, <clears throat> the Vegas Stadium quite a bit on the show. I would love to go to those. Um, I would love to see Jarrah World just because uh, it's been it would kind of set the standard for what uh, modern day football arenas are today. And then, uh, you know, I'm, unfortunately, I, I live near MetLife. I've been there a few times. It's probably the worst football stadium I've ever been to um, on the outside. Like you're tailgating. You want it to look cool and have a good atmosphere. It just it just looks gray and like a tin can um, inside. There's not really a bad seat in the house. It's fine. Um, just leaves a lot to be desired. And there probably should be a retractable roof. But. I digress. I've been to Gillette, but not for a football game. Uh, I saw Taylor Swift at Gillette Stadium. <laughs> very cool arena. Very, very cool stadium. Um, I, I highly recommend going there. I mean, I went in the summertime, so obviously football season might be a little bit different out there in Foxborough. Um, parking situation and the whole driving out to uh, Foxborough is a disaster, regardless of whatever event you're going to. Um, and then I've, went, I've been to uh, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome down in Louisiana for mm. – um, for a, a college football game, it was Tulsa against Tulane. And uh, that was quite the experience too, but it would have been cooler to see a Saints game, I'm sure. But nonetheless, that place, I, I've never been to an indoor football stadium before. I've never been to a dome before that. So like seeing a stadium inside, I was like, oh, cool. This is, this is crazy. Um, but much more to do there. And I've been outside of Soldier Field. I uh, never wanted to go in, but I, yeah. I, when I went to Chicago, I, I explored the outside. It didn't even look like a stadium. It just kind of looked like a building. It was weird. Yeah, it, it, it's trash. I hate Soldier Field so much, but we got some good feedback from Vince. Um, he actually says the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium is neat. Um, I, I know they had a Super Bowl there. I'm just kind of befuddled by Jacksonville because you, you don't hear too many good things about Jacksonville in general. <laughs> but um, like I, I imagine, and Vince said it, that Cowboy Stadium is unbelievable, but he never saw a game there. He took a tour. I, I, I can only imagine you know, yeah. I imagine that SoFi and the the giant Roomba in Vegas are stadiums that I would love to go see. Uh, Panthers and Falcons never went inside, looked neat enough. Um, but he said Giants blows. <laughs> That's so bad. Okay, Broncos. I've been, to both, I've been to Giants and Jets games, and I will say it looks better in blue, but it just needs a whole revamp. Yeah, and then you have the Broncos, Pats, but Dolphins, Bucks, all mediocre. You know, I, I thought the Broncos would be better, and I thought the Bucks would be better. Dolphins, I always imagine, kind of sucked. It looks bad from the outside. I, I don't find it very aesthetically pleasing. Um, you, you know what's – to me, I think the common theme is, because I've heard nothing but good things about Arrowhead in mm. Kansas City. I, I do hear that it needs an update. But I heard that one's really good. Lambo, I can speak from experience. Lambo is absolutely how NFL stadiums should approach, you know, the historic franchises should approach stadium, you know, making it modern because mm -hmm. it has that football feel. It's got that, you know, it, it touches the historic value of it. You get a lot of feel of the Packers history, but it is so nice. The amenities are perfect. The bathrooms are great. You don't have to wait in line. The concessions are all, you know, set up smartly. And, and then you get the bleachers. You know, you, mm -hmm. you sit on bleachers. Um, I do like the seats with the back, but the bleacher gives you that high school game feel to it. Yeah. And the surrounding just feels like you're in the middle of nowhere, a small town, and then boom, this giant stadium. 
it's just so football-y. It's great. I love it. I can't say enough nice things about Lambo. I got to make it out there. That's a bucket list item for me for sure. Absolutely. I should add that when I went out to Buffalo, I did get to see um, what was then New Era Field. I think it's now Highmark Stadium. Uh, pretty underwhelming. Uh, I think Buffalo could use an upgrade. And I think they are a team that could use um, a Lambo type feel because they have a similar climate, uh, great fan base. As, as much as they annoy me, they are a great fan base. Um, I think they deserve better than what they have. So, yeah. Um, that's the extent of our stadium talk yes. for the day. Yes. Um, I guess now is the time for us to pivot to week 16, which is normally the penultimate week of the NFL season at Bushnell. But as we all know, uh, 18 weeks now. So the season is still long, it feels. <laughs> There's still a lot to be decided. Uh, and we have a, a really great matchup to kick us off tonight on Thursday Night Football. And it is the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Tennessee to play the Titans. Um, the Niners coming off of a dominating 31-13 win over the Falcons at home. Um, both of us, uh, or at least I thought, one of us thought the Falcons would put up a better fight than that in cover. Yeah. Um, and the Titans, um, look, <laughs> I, I, we kind of expected them to go into Pittsburgh and lose, but they just leave a lot to be desired, especially when Henry is out. Julio is still clearly not the guy. It looks like A.J. Brown is coming back, but maybe Ryan Tannehill without all these weapons around him isn't as good as we all think. And maybe uh, losing Melvin Ingram uh, <laughs> back in the a couple weeks ago and going to the Chiefs have really had made an impact on their defense as well. So these feel like two different teams going in completely different directions, uh, and it leads me to like the 49ers in this matchup. Yeah, I think the 49ers are hitting a stride that should scare a lot of teams. The Cardinals are quickly dissipating with that loss to the Lions really bad. So San Francisco's not out of play for the division. Obviously, they're going to need some help. They they do get to play the Rams still, the 49ers. So that will help their case build up. But this is a must win for the 49ers. For the Titans, it kind of feels like I think they're going to get a wild card but they may lose their grip on the division because those Colts are coming up fast and we'll get to them pretty quickly here, but I do not love the Titans in this game. Um, do we have a point differential on this one, Randy? What yep, it opened at? up at three and a half uh, and now the Niners are favored by three. I, I'll take the Niners and the points here. I, I, I think the Niners are going to do enough. I know Elijah Mitchell has been ruled out officially for this game. So to me, that opens the door for a guy like uh, Wilson, Jeff Wilson, yep. who carried who the steps rock. in nicely on occasion. Yep. And, and Debo's back. They, they really unlocked Kittle in this offense. Like we talked about that opened up a whole different dimension. That defense is going to be tough to score on. And if you don't have Derrick Henry and Julio Jones is clearly not at that level that he used to be at, which, you know, it, you may be talking about this guy may be finished NFL wise as being a premier wide receiver, um, I, I really like the 49ers here. Give me the 49ers 28 to the Titans 17. Yeah, I think the key, and we've been talking about it, is really unlocking George Kittle. <laughs> he is a is a difference maker. He's one of the best players in the sport, and I can't believe it took him this long. Um, but they did, and it's finally here, and we finally get to see George Kittle and in his uh, Super Saiyan mode, and it, it brings the best out of Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G played one of his best games of the season last week. I know it's the Falcons. I know they don't offer a ton of resistance, but still, it, it, Jimmy G often just plays mediocre. <laughs> so anytime Jimmy G plays pretty well, you kind of have to be like, hey, you know, Jimmy G actually did okay there. Um, 
I, did you, I don't know if you saw the Pro Bowl announcements this week, whatever stock you put into the Pro Bowl. But the Niners are interesting because they have like seven, six or seven Pro Bowlers. They have yeah. a talent all over the place. I mean, it's ridiculous. And you're looking at the offensive line and then Debo and then Kittle and like they just have talent. And then uh, Nick Bosa. Uh, like no, there are, there's Joey guys Bosa. All, Joey huh? Bosa. Joey Bosa. No, I was right the first time. Joey's on the Chargers. No, 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 no it's Joey Bosa. Henry's going to get in the comments and scream at you. I promise you. That's what I'm hoping for here. Do not correct me when I'm not wrong. It's a running gag that I have to get for Henry. Do not do this to me. Now you're confusing me. No, it's Nick Bosa, but let's just call it's him Joey. Nick Bosa, damn it. <laughs> Who cares? Bosa, Joey, Nick, you know, whatever. Joey's the one with the giant nose. You know, he's on the Chargers. Oh, God, he does but have a giant nose. He does. He does. The Niners just have talent all over the place. And now you're seeing, like, Henry likes to make the injury excuse, but you have enough talent now. You can make up for the fact that guys have been banged up here and there. Let Shanahan now put together a decent stretch here and, and be the coach everyone says he is all the time instead of just, oh, darn, we're injured all the time. Like, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I wanted. And now I'm going to give them credit for it because – the Niners are hitting their stride at the exact right time. Now, I don't know if they're going to win the division. I think they dug themselves in too much of a hole for that. Yeah. But they could get that top wild card spot. And they could be that fifth seed. So, either way, I think the Niners are a lot to make the playoffs. And I think they're going to win this game. And I think they're going to cover. Give me the 49ers 27-21 to 21 over the Titans. Did you give a final score, Matt? I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, 28-17 Niners. All right. There we go. Thursday night football. Good, good start for the day. I would say I, I really like that to beginning of beginning of the week. Look, we got a lot of football. Darn, we get done with the day. There's no football tomorrow. What the hell? What am I gonna do with my Christmas Eve? I, I got I got nothing else to do. I'm kidding. If you're like anything like me, you have a ton of wrapping to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Glad there's no distractions. Anyway. It's not going to last long for my family who just wants to spend time with me and I want to turn the TV on on Christmas Day because I already like to have basketball on all day. The NFL now says, you know what, we're getting in on that as well. So sports is a big time part of my life and now it's going to be a big part of my Christmas Day as well. Football, Christmas Day, starting off two games. The Browns go into Lambeau. Lambeau on Christmas has got to be like, the coolest thing ever. I, that's really got to be the most bucket list of all bucket list items. That's got to feel like a true winter wonderland if I've ever heard of one. This is the early game, five o'clock kickoff, I believe it is. Looks like the Browns are getting past their COVID situation a little bit. They should have Baker back, at least I think. Uh, maybe Stefanski's back. Nonetheless, um, the Packers escaped the, uh, the Ravens. Uh, <laughs> that, that game, we'll talk more about the Ravens, I think. Um, but it looks like Rodgers uh, is the favorite to an MVP, at least in my mind, he's the favorite to an MVP. Maybe we can have that conversation at the end of the show, Matt, because I think it's an interesting one. Um, nonetheless, the Packers are now the one seed in the NFC. Yep. The Browns, after losing on Monday, uh, the early game, uh, could be on the brink of missing the playoffs now. That's a huge game that they needed to have, and they they lost to the, the Raiders at the last second. Uh I mean, it's Nick Mullins. I thought he did okay, but not not great. Nonetheless, uh, healthy Browns team going into Lambeau. I think they're desperate. I think they need it. I think they cover, but I don't think they win. What's the spread on this one? It's Packers by seven and a half. It opened up at seven and a half. It still is seven and a half. Oh, boy. I don't like the Browns in this one for a couple of reasons. I don't think their secondary is that good. They – Started off good defensively. I think the Packers are on a different level. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I, I definitely, you know, MVP talk. 
deservedly so. Um, I like the Packers and the points here. I, I think the Packers get the points. Um, give me the Packers 34 to the Browns 20. You're slamming that over then, huh? 45 and a half? Yep, I, I'm going to take the over. I don't trust Baker Mayfield. I, I, I think garbage time to get some points. But to me, this is the beginning of the end in Baker and Cleveland. So hope to God those progressive commercials go away too. <laughs> God, please. You know what, though? Like the NFL has hit or miss with the primetime games this year. Like we had a great Chiefs Chargers game last week. And then the Sunday night game kind of stunk. Um, and then you get because it's a shutout and then a surprising shutout nonetheless. And some uh, Colts get, were good on Saturday, though. That was a good game. You're right. That was a good game. But then you get the Bears. Like enough with the Bears. <sighs> These were scheduled games. None of those games were really that great. Give me some fireworks here on Christmas. Like basketball, you always take the Christmas Day unders. Guys don't want to be there. Give me, you know, football, you really want to take over the NBA on Christmas Day. Let this game be awesome. Give me Green Bay. Give me 35 to the Browns, 28. They cover by that half a point. This is what Vegas was made of, Matt Bushnell. (laughs) Like I said, I'm a fan of the half points. I think they're important. If you're not going to give me the half a point, fine, I'll take it. I'll jump on those games that don't give me the half points. The half point can be all the difference, man. It's a big, big difference. Huge difference. Go pack go, unfortunately, <laughs> for my betting interest. You know, I'm going to bet both Christmas Day games, Randy. Since it's Christmas, I'll bet them. There you go. All right. Well, now uh, the late game on Saturday, which hit Christmas, two games, uh, two games, back-to-back Saturday night games for the Frank Reich fighting Indianapolis Colts coming off of a huge game over the Pats where they just handled their business, man. They came out and they smacked Patriots in the mouth. Mac Jones made a couple of mistakes early, and then Jonathan Taylor seals the deal with a seven, what was it, a 67-yard touchdown. I don't even remember it was how the long fastest- it was. Touchdown of 2021. The guy has been a beast all year. If you somehow landed Taylor and Cup on your fantasy teams, which was not totally unrealistic, you have had an amazing fantasy year. And props to you, my friend. Congrats uh, on all of your success. Anyway, uh, the Colts now bounce back. Eight and six now. So another Saturday night game. But this time. They get a suddenly reeling Arizona Cardinals who went from the one seed in the NFC to now the four seed. Actually, they might even be the five seed now, right? Are they tied with the Rams? Did the Rams uh, take them Cardinals are the four seed right now. Cardinals are still the four seed. So for now, they still have the division. But how things quickly things could change if they don't take care of business here. Uh, this game opened as... The it opened up as the uh, the Cardinals favored by a half point, and now they're favored by a point and a half. I kind of like the Colts here. Momentum is everything in this game, and I like the way they play. I mean, Colts are so weird because I love quarterback play so much, but this is a rare team where I love so much about their team except for the quarterback. Yeah, you know, I think you got a little scared from Carson Wentz uh, last Saturday. Did. You didn't want to go with them because of Wentz here. <laughs> um, you know what? Jonathan Taylor's in that MVP combo. We talked about Rodgers. Now it's time to talk about Taylor. Taylor's having an historic season in his own right. I believe he's on pace for 200 or 2,200 yards. Granted, it's a 17-game schedule now. He's going to break Dickerson's record probably with that asterisk. But yep. we'll, we'll see, you know. 
he's right on pace with Derrick Henry for an all-time running back season. So I like the Colts and that nasty offensive line. The Colts led the NFL with the most pro bowlers, Randy, with seven. Yeah. The 49ers had five. So um, the Colts here, I- I'm with you. I, I want to ride the hot hand. They are coming strong at the right time. Hard knocks rejuvenated this team. It did something to them. Um, and, and I do want to send out condolences of the show to Ryan Kelly and his wife, Emma. I know they'll probably never watch it, but it's fine. Um, their newborn daughter was born at 18 weeks just Oof. because they knew that she was not going to make it. Mm. So condolences to them. A very hard tragedy to deal with at mm. Christmas time. And, you know, wish the best for him and his wife. Um, even without Ryan Kelly, which they did not have him against the the, pay, the Patriots here, um, I don't see Arizona being able to stop this offense with Jonathan Taylor being the focal point. Michael Pittman's probably not going to get ejected again, which is good news for the Colts, but that defense is fast. This will be the best defense Kyler Murray has played in a few weeks now. Um, I think they're better than the Rams defense, and that, that was the Rams defense without Jalen Ramsey too, so... Um, let's just keep that in mind. Colts are ready to go. I, I'm, I'm going to take the Colts. I think they cover easily with the points. Uh, give me the Colts 34 to the Cardinals 22. All right. Well, I think it's important to note that this game is in Arizona, kind of the opposite of the Christmas aesthetic of Lambeau Field, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> You're in Arizona. Does that really feel like Christmas in Arizona? I've been down here for five and a half years now. It does not feel like Christmas. And All right. At least you, you from the from a cold climate in your your youth can appreciate what that means around Christmas time. Yes. At least at least you get that vibe. The uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Can you tell me who they lost to last week? <laughs> hey, I, I told you the Lions were going to cover. I, I the told Detroit you. Lions. Shout out to our friend Leon Tompkins. Their second win of the season, and they didn't just lose. They got dominated 30 to 12. MCDC, wow. baby. MCDC. He's a meathead, but he gets his team ready to play. Yeah. Dan Campbell, you, anytime the Lions win or they tie, or as long as they don't lose, go to the Lions social media account <laughs> and just watch what he says to the team after. He's electric. He's inspiring. He is genuine. I love the guy. He's grown on me every day. Big, be, becoming a big Dan Campbell guy. He's not going to out-scheme anyone, though. That's true. But good coordinators can do that. As long as you've got good guys around you, things can happen. I appreciate leaders of men because my coach is a fake leader of men. So I appreciate genuine ones. Ooh, is that a segue? No, because I still have to talk about this game. Okay. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Cardinals scare me. They feel like more and more an October team. I know they got banged up. I know Hopkins is hurt. Uh, I know they haven't had Edmonds for a while, but James Conner got named to a Pro Bowl. The Cardinals have five Pro Bowlers or four Pro Bowlers of their own. Kyler was in an MVP uh, candidate before he got hurt. This feels like a trend every year for Kyler Murray at this point. Yeah. I worry about the Cardinals now. Are they able to recover from that? If they were playing a bad team, I would be much more confident. But at the same time, they lost to the Lions. If they're playing the Giants, yeah, they'd probably recover. Now they get a team in the Colts who is playing really well, 
has a great head coach, has their eyes on the prize. They see an opportunity to take the division from the Titans, who have beaten them twice this year and have had their claws on the division for the entire season, basically. The Colts, to me, are in the right spot at the right time, playing a team who feels like a wounded dog. So, unfortunately for the Cardinals, I think – I'm sorry, but we've talked about it. Arizona is not a difficult place to play, and the Cardinals have already lost a few games there this year. And I think this gets added to the list. So, Corey, I'm sorry. I would advise you watch a Christmas movie, whatever, Elf or The Grinch. Just don't watch this game. I think it's going to be a frustrating one for you. Give me the Colts. I do think it'll be a good game, but give me the Colts 24 to 20 over the Cardinals. Man, the Cardinals are garbage at home. I – ooh. Ooh, I still think Kyler can make plays, so I, I, I'm giving them some respect. I do think they lose, though. Well, Hopkins is out, too, so keep that in mind. Yeah, I I, I, I get it. Okay. I still think, you know, we're in agreement. They win and they cover. I just think it'll be a closer game. Okay. All right, Sunday. Uh, throw this out there for the group now because I know how much you all love me, but Sunday is the last day of my 20s, so take that – for what you will. Um, but I will be enjoying all of the football that I can uh, and drinking away my sorrows, thinking I'm going to be an old man for the rest of my life now. Um, <laughs> so we're going to start on this Sunday after Christmas uh, with the early games. And the first one on the docket is the Ravens traveling to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Um, the Ravens now uh, with, I, I gotta say, having a backup quarterback is pretty important in the NFL. Uh, and I kind of like Tyler Huntley. Uh, he's come in and been, been a decent backup for, for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Uh, I think he's had three straight covers and I know that's not wins. And I know that those don't matter to anyone else other than people who gamble. But uh, Hey, when you, when you pay attention to this stuff, I think it kind of matters for how you pick games and you do a podcast. So, but they travel to Cincy. Uh, the Ravens fought back, obviously the Packers really screwed me on that cover. So uh, I got to tip my cap there. This is the crazy thing about the Ravens because John Harbaugh, the second straight week, Gets has a chance to kick a field goal to go in overtime, mm-hmm. doesn't kick the field goal, instead goes for two in the win, and then doesn't succeed in it. So I'm I don't I want before we get into this game, Matt, I want to get your thought process on this because analytic nerds, I shouldn't even call them nerds, but analytic people support this decision and say it's so smart, it increases your chances. But when you look at the, the actual numbers, it, it very hardly increases your chances here, <laughs> especially when you have the best kicker in the league and you're guaranteed to not lose. As long as you kick the extra point, you give yourself a chance to win in overtime. So for me, I guess in that situation, I would just try not to lose in that moment. What are your thoughts? To me, it's, it's a feel thing. I, I, I don't like it because what your offense was able to do, obviously you could end the game early and, you know, your worry is that you give Aaron Rodgers the ball first in overtime and he drives down and scores a touchdown, but their defense was playing well in the fourth quarter. But to, to me, your, your offense is driving the ball. You're able to score. You're able to get within there. And I think you give your team a chance to win by playing that in playing in overtime. I know Harbaugh asked his guys if they wanted to go for two, you know, what they thought. And, you know, no player's ever going to admit that they want to leave it in the kicker's hands, but you kick the extra point there. You go to overtime, either you trust your defense or you trust your offense to be able to drive the ball down their throats. And they were. Um, Hundley's proven to be actually, I don't, I don't want to say he's better than Lamar, but he does some things that are better than Lamar does, like throwing the, the, 
Yeah, he, he throws the football with better anticipation. Lamar waits for the guys. He, he has to see them open to throw it, whereas Huntley just trusts his guys to be in a spot. So th- that's a little bit more encouraging here. And for the I, record, before you move on with this thought, you don't have like Roberto Aguayo as your kicker. You yeah. have potentially the greatest kicker ever on your team in Justin Tucker. Just saying. Yeah, and I, I think the Ravens, you could play yourself into a spot where you just worry about Aaron Rodgers. You, you want to give him the ultimate show of respect as much as you can, but at the end of the day, you, you got to trust your team. This is your team. You know, they were, what, nine and four or eight and four going into this, or, I, you know, nine and four going into this game. Now they're nine and five. And I think they're of, eight and six. I think they're, in the, I think they're only eight and six. Well, yeah, that would be interesting. Okay. Um, so, so, so now you got yourself a different set of problems here. And to me, you go for the extra point and you play for overtime because Huntley's shown that him and I, I'm going to say it right now, Mark Andrews is probably the third best tight end in football. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, I love Waller. I think he's great, but Mark Andrews is a very, very, very good tight end. And he needs his name mentioned with the top tight ends. He's no longer, oh, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. And then no, it's. You know, Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, and Waller, right. and then the next group because Andrews fantastic. He's such a good tight end. Yeah. Um, I just don't trust you know the Ravens to win a close game, and I don't know if Lamar comes back. Everyone's showing you blitz zero. You know, you, you play cover zero, you blitz everyone, and you let Lamar have to make. It. And if Lamar plays quarterback, I don't like their chances. If Huntley plays quarterback, I think they win. And that's what's wow. so weird about this game. That is so weird. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, and I, oh God, I, I'm going to take the Bengals because I think Lamar starts and I don't like it. So what, what's the hold spread on? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Right now, it opened at Bengals two and a half. Sits now at Bengals minus three. Both teams sit at eight and six. This could be essentially for the division. I think if the since he wins this game, they lock up the division. If the if the Ravens win this game, I still think it's a little bit more open because I don't trust them down the stretch. But I think this game is huge for Cincinnati and Joe Burrow and the rest of them. So does that add anything any difference to your thing? I mean, eight and six with the division on the line. This is massive. I mean, Harbaugh plays every game like the division's on the line, though. So I don't know what else he's going to give you. I mean, he's balls to the wall all the time. So maybe Zach Taylor plays a little bit more aggressively. I'm going to take the Bengals here to win, but I think the Ravens cover. I I think it's going to be close. Um, 20 to 19 Bengals. Wow. Wow. I mean, I guess we should say the Bengals did beat the Broncos last week. Uh, in Denver, they did knock Teddy Bridgewater out of the game, so they got the uh, Drew Locke blessing. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe all I got to do is badmouth Tyler Boyd every podcast because he <laughs> went off. So he had a great sixty-plus yard touchdown. I uh, love to see that for my guy Tyler Boyd. Look, I'm in, I'm in three championship uh, rounds or semifinals in fantasy. Tyler Boyd, I got in two of them. If you want to do that again, I'd be happy to, you know, happy to have that. So, um, you know what? I'm gonna say something that I don't think I've ever said on the show, but I think. The Bengals win, but it's a push. I think they win by exactly three. Because wow. I don't love what I saw from them in that game. I thought with as soon as Teddy went out, the, that since he was going to just take over 
and they they the defense did. I just expected more from the Bengals offense, and they they just kind of like didn't really do a lot. It was like fifteen to ten. So I like Cincy at home. They win this game. I think you you win the division. Congratulations to all the people who love Skyline Chili. Congrats to congrats to Southern Ohio. You win this game. 25 to 22. Not going to give you a 24, 21. Going to give you a weird score. 25, 22. Wow. Okay. Field goals. There you go. There you have it. Um, all right. Early game. This another huge divisional matchup here. Uh, the Buffalo Bills going down to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. And this is a rematch from a game from just two weeks ago on Monday Night Football uh, when the wind was whipping and the Pats had their way and won 14 to 10. Um, now, Patriots lost their first game in what six weeks last week. The Bills got a bounce back game when they covered against Carolina, setting up this huge game. Uh, the Pats now are nine and five. The Bills right. eight and six. This game is everything to the Bills, and I think that sets up perfectly for Belichick to just rip their hearts out again. <laughs> I know. I normally go with like, oh, I don't like what I saw from the Pats, but like, I don't like to do that week by week thing with the Pats. I think that they're better than any other team at just forgetting it and moving on. Partially, I think that has a lot to do with Bill Belichick. Um, but if you don't trust the rookie quarterback, I don't totally blame you there either. Uh, nonetheless, I think if the Bills don't win this one, they're in the break of missing the, uh, the playoffs altogether. What's the spread on this? I, I imagine they're favoring the Pats. Yeah, so the Pats opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Now they're two-point favorites. All right, so people are betting the Bills. A yep, anytime you, the Bills. Yep, anytime you see that line move like that in that direction. Here's the thing. I, I don't want to say Mac Jones has been exposed. I, I think two things happen sometimes with rookie quarterbacks. You know, they went on a seven-game winning streak, and I felt a lot of that was their defense and their running game. You know, Mac made some timely throws and everything, but you saw him kind of feeling himself against the Colts. And he, I think he threw two picks. One was just awful, uh, yeah. you know, just not a very good throw. The, the other play was just a great play by – oh, God, I can't remember his the name. Safety. Yeah, the safety. And just a great play on the ball there. So – Sometimes, you know, these rookie quarterbacks feel themselves a little bit and they start, you know, making dumb throws. Bill kind of reels people in pretty quickly from that kind of stuff. He doesn't tolerate it. But Mac Jones' press conference was kind of odd when he just talked about, you know, they practice, it didn't feel good. You know, players weren't giving it at all in practice. And I think it opens the door for the Bills here. I like the Bills to win this game. I, I, I don't think the Pats... You know, I, and I'm with you. I, I don't like the week-to-week -week thing because that can be misleading. But to me, Matt Jones doesn't strike me as a quarterback that's going to beat you. You know, when he starts trying to take the game into his hands and when he has to win a game, I don't think he can. Um, I, I think there's certain rookie quarterbacks in this class, if you let them, can really win you a game because they're multidimensional. Jones isn't going to beat you with his legs. Therefore, when he starts feeling himself, his arm can get him in trouble because there's not that dual threat there. Whereas Josh Allen, Josh Allen starts getting right. He's one of those quarterbacks that can beat you with his legs and his arm. So I think that's going to be the difference here. Give me the Bills 27 to the Patriots 24. So you want the weather report for Foxborough on Sunday? Uh, it doesn't matter. For Mac Jones, it may matter, but Josh Allen, it doesn't. I'm just saying the weather had a huge impact on this exact game. 
just two weeks ago. Well, 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 yeah, give me the weather. Give me the weather. So it looks like 50% chance of rain, heavy rain. Okay. Uh, low 40s, so above freezing, so it's not going to snow or sleet. It's just going to be cold and rainy. Yeah. What time's the game? Noon? Uh, one o'clock. One o'clock Eastern. Okay. So, yeah, it's not going to. All right. So to me, that just means the Pats are just going to kind of do a, have a similar game plan that they had the first time around. They're going to run the ball a lot, not going to force any throws with Mac, um, which is fine. Anytime in this climate, you kind of seen that Bill doesn't trust Mac's arm anyway. Um, to me, are the Bills going to adjust? The Bills did not adjust on that Monday Night Football game. Nope. McDermott got completely outcoached. Yep. Um, are they going to continue to be stubborn and not run Josh Allen? I know that when they did that against the Bucks, he got hurt. He looked fine last week to me. I don't really think he's any any question of missing this game. Uh, I know they don't have Cole Beasley. He he. I don't think he <laughs> tested positive for COVID, but he was exposed to it. Uh, he is famously unvaccinated, so he will not be able to come back for this game. So um, I don't trust the Bills. I, I don't know if McDermott is going to be able to overcome um, the Belichick mind game thing. I, I, I just think Belichick is in a spot now where he's going to say, you guys need this game. You want this game so bad for the Patriots. We don't have Tom Brady anymore. You should be, win this game. And yet here I am. I'm Thanos. I am inevitable. Give me the Pats. They just crush the Bills hearts and they went on a last second field goal. And that means they cover. I like them here. 17 to 14, another low scoring defensive game in Foxborough. No respect for McDermott. I am shocked. Prove it to me, baby. Prove it to me. All right, moving on to a game that won't feature any weather because it's in a dome. Uh, Leon's Detroit Lions, winners of 2 3. Let's go. Can you believe it? Uh, they are ruining their first pick. I think now the Houston Texans own the first pick of the draft. So. Not the Jags. Oh, it is the Jags, isn't it? Yep. Wow. Back-to-back years, it could be the Jacksonville Jags. Who saw that coming? Uh, <laughs> and now they travel to Atlanta to play the Falcons, and the Falcons are just lucky because the Falcons, anytime you think you're out and that they're done, they're like, hey, you know what? We get the Lions on our schedule now. We get a bad team on our schedule to keep us around. But the Lions aren't just a bad team. They seem to fight and claw hard for Dan Campbell, Lions coming off a big one over the cards and the Falcons getting crushed by the Niners. You're not going to go Lions here, are you, Matt? I kind of get the vibe that you are. I'm believing in Jared Goff. I can't believe I'm saying it. Holy. Jared Goff was really good. Really good against those vaunted Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) Randy, it's as simple as this. Who's going to win? A bird or a lion? <laughs> it's, a, it's a lion, baby. You always take the cat. The cat is a predator, an apex predator. They don't call a lion the king of the jungle for nothing, my friend. True. And when they get their jaws on that falcon, it's lights out. What's the spread? Give me the points here, baby. This, this is where it's going to get laughable because the Lions opened up as six and a half point favorites. Oh, no. And now they're six point favorites. So no matter what, I'm taking the Lions to cover. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. Yep. Lions are definitely covering. So I, I'm going to put my money on the Lions to cover. Easy money, baby. Easy, Easy. money. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's a Christmas Day gift that Vegas is giving us here. It's in Atlanta, too, right? Correct. In which Atlanta is notoriously terrible at home. 
they are not a good home football team. The X factor is, is Cordero Patterson pissed off. He didn't make the pro bowl. Should be. He should be because he's one of the most, I mean, he's a great playmaker here, but give me the lines here. Jared golf express. I'm, I'm writing that Jared golf express MCDC motor city. Dan Campbell is going to inspire his team to three wins in four weeks. Really should be four wins in four weeks. They shouldn't beat those crappy ass bears, mm-hmm. but, um, Give me the Lions 26 to the Falcons 25. Can you believe it? Do you believe the miracles even? That would be something. Uh, I got a lot of respect for Arthur Smith. We talked about that on the last show. We really liked what he was building there. Um, I think Jared Goff's getting a little too much love. (laughs) No, don't. (laughs) I think he is. Don't jump Uh, off. No, come on. Yeah. I got it. By the way, uh, I mentioned that if you're in a fantasy playoff and you need a wide receiver to pick up a Mon Ross St. Brown. Yes. uh, He played pretty well for you in that game. Better than Uh, Kenny Galladay. Huh? Better than Kenny Galladay. (laughs) Definitely not making that much money either. Uh, I'm going to go Falcons at home here. Falcons are just going to be like that cockroach that's just going to stay in the hunt graphic for the entire season. Uh, And uh, yeah, I think they they win. They're not they're not covering that. That's way too big of a spread for the Atlanta Falcons in any game. And I don't care what that game is, but too big. Uh, Give me the Falcons 21 to the Lions 17. Andy, you're missing something here. The Lions are playing for something. What's that? If, if Jared Goff or Jared Goff's girlfriend? <laughs> A lot of people would play for that. Uh, <laughs> they are not out of play for third place in the NFC North, my friend. Oh, boy. They they could finish third. And, boy, the, the shit I would have to deal with from Leon, um, I – it could happen. It could happen. The Lions. Man, if you get, if you get me a better pick than the Lions pick, that would be amazing. Yeah, I, I I would be so enraged, but that would mean that the Bears would have to make wholesale changes. So let's just keep on going. Yep, give me the Lions, baby. <laughs> I'm riding the Golf Express. Well, uh, we mentioned my experience at MetLife Stadium uh, earlier in the show, and if you didn't think MetLife could get any more uninspiring with the 21-6 game that the Cowboys beat the Giants in last week, boy, oh, boy, it's going to turn green <laughs> and then welcome the Jaguars into town to play <laughs> the Jets. Why? Man, I got to say, there was a lot of people at MetLife Stadium probably 70% of them Cowboys fans last week. There's not going to be anyone at this game. <laughs> no one is going to this game. This game stinks. <laughs> the Jags, uh, the Jets are two and a half point favorites uh, at home. And uh, now, well, they opened up as two and a half point favorites. Now they're plus one underdogs. What changed? I guess all the COVID stuff changed um, because I guess a lot and a couple other guys had COVID. So I don't know to do making this game. This is the least appealing game of them all. Yeah, this game sucks. I'm I'm sorry, Jacob. I, I have no interest in seeing Zach Wilson throw bad footballs. I mean, just God, you know. Uh, you know, I like to watch film, and, and I like to watch other people break down film, and J.T. O'Sullivan did a pretty good job of breaking down Zach Wilson and the Jets, I thought, in the quarterback school. So check it out on YouTube, you know. Love J.T. O'Sullivan's breakdown of a lot of these rookie quarterbacks. He wasn't too kind to the Jets. It's about as bad as Adam Gase's offense. And I start questioning, like, maybe Robert Sala is done after this year. You know, the Jets are fighters, though, so maybe he gets another year. But this offense stinks. Zach Wilson is just, I don't know. That, that That's a rough watch. And then Darren Bevel. Did you see the stock drop? Yeah. 
Yes, it's like nothing changed from Urban Meyer. I know. We were all in on him, too. Yeah, we thought, like, man, this is your chance. No no wonder Russell Wilson couldn't wait for that idiot to get out of town. Just an awful – it was just awful. It was awful. The Jaguars offense with Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson. I mean, the, the more talent's on the Jaguar side here, but – you know what? I'm going to give everyone a piece of betting advice here. Stay away. Don't bet this game. Don't watch it. Don't care about it. It's it's a bad bet no matter what. What's the line? The Jets by what? A point? You said? Uh, no, Jags by a point. Oh, God. That's even worse. Um, yeah, stay away. Randy, I'm just going to go on a limb here. I, I'm going to take the Jets 14 to 13. I hate it. I don't like it. Only reason I'm going Jets here is because of the home team. This just feels like a game the Jets lose. <laughs> <laughs> they might. You know, what an exercise got to be for us when the season's over. Let's just go and look at the MetLife Stadium schedule from this past year and just see all the crap that they had to deal with between the Giants and the Jets. Oh, God. I bet the Jets have the two of the best games already this year. I, I think they beat the Bengals and the Titans at home. So they already have the two of the best games so far uh, this year. So uh, this this just feels like a game the Jets lose. I think they have a big COVID situation. I don't, they, a lot of the guys could come back, uh, but maybe we uh, blew our load on the Jags a week early. Maybe this is the week they come back and say, we're going to win this one. Maybe Trevor Lawrence has his um, Eli Manning moment. I know the Eli, rookie Eli sucked so bad that everyone's like, this guy can't play football. And then like week 17, he got a win. And everyone's like, oh, maybe he's okay. Maybe this is that moment for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, maybe he throws two. Maybe, give me a clean game from Trevor. Give me two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, maybe only a couple incompletions. I think the Jets' defense is a, uh, in the spirit of giving this holiday season, and can and can do that for the Jags. I think it's a low-scoring game. I'm with you on that. Give me the Jags, 19 to 14 over the Jets. Oh, five points! Wow. Yeah, uh, five field goals and two. T- no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> not, not gonna happen there. <laughs> No, I, I'm just surprised. I mean, that's a lot of points. What's what's the over-under on this? Well, it's got to be, what, 35, 37 points? 41 and a half. I'm, I'm hammering the under on that one, baby. I, I don't blame you for that. I, that just I Vegas wants it. to give me money this weekend. <laughs> They're also in the spirit of giving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm laying 50 on that under, man. Go for it. Do it up. Uh, all right, moving on. Still in the early slate, a lot of early games on Sunday, uh, only three in the late. So we're going to keep going. Uh, now it's the Chargers traveling to Houston to play the Texans. The, the Chargers are coming off of that game. Uh, they lost to the Chiefs in overtime. Uh, they just forgot how to tackle. Uh, obviously, they, I think Derwin James got hurt, and then uh, the safety took a horrible angle on Travis Kelsey. He scores the touchdown for the win. Uh, and the Texans, uh, they got a win uh, over over the Jags, as we just talked about. I think you and I uh, really just thought they were done for the year. But Davis Mills, uh, audition tape getting stronger. You know, maybe he's going to be the guy for them next year. There's like a narrative now that if the, the pass didn't get Mac Jones at 15, they were going to take Davis Mills. So I guess they're talking themselves into that aspect of it, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speaking of someone who has a long-necked quarterback on his team, just, just ditch the guy. Before it gets too late, you want to get him out of your face. Um, anyway, they get the Chargers. Um, the Chargers now 8-6. and six. They're still very much relevant in the AFC playoff picture, and I think they need this one. I think they're going to take care of business. Uh, this did open up as uh, the Texans as a nine-and-a-half-point dog, and now uh, I lost my trend. I lost completely where I am here on FanDuel. Uh, let me find it. And now they are 10-point favorites on the road. The Chargers are. Uh, I kind of still like them to cover, and it's weird to trust them, but I just think Herbert's the man. 
Oh man. It, is Eckler out? I, I thought I saw some that Eckler's out. He, I think he tested positive for COVID um, yesterday, but he has a chance to come back. So I think that inc- uh, implies that he's vaccinated. So it wouldn't shock me Sunday morning if he's back on the field. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see it. Um, man, it's really hard to figure a scenario where the Texans can score more than 14 points against, you know, this team. Um but it's weird, though. I, I, I think this game could shape up pretty weird. I, I don't hate the line of 10 points. Um, the Chargers are clearly a better football team. I'm trying to talk myself into the points here, Randy, and I just <laughs> – I don't hate this game as much as the Jets and the Jags, but I kind of feel like – oh, boy – well, that game, right. this game has Justin Herbert in it. So. Yeah, it, it does. I, I'm going with the elite quarterback. G- give me the Chargers 34 to – you know what? No. Give me the Chargers 31 to the Texans 10. I, they, they're going to cover. All right. Now you're going to take my score there because I also had a 34 number in mind for the Chargers. Um, this could be a Giants game situation where the Chargers go up to like 37 to seven, and then the, the, the Texans get some garbage time left here. I, I imagine it's something similar. So give me the Chargers 34 to the Texans 20, and they still win by two touchdowns and ultimately cover. All right. Let's get to some games that are a little bit better than those two. Jesus Christmas. Uh, (laughs) The Rams uh, coming off of a 20 to 10 victory over the Seahawks on Tuesday night football. And look, shame (laughs) on Fox for not just giving us two, uh, give us a doubleheader. Who doesn't want a Tuesday night football doubleheader? Come on. What's wrong with you? Do you not like ratings or the people? I I, I think it was broadcasting restrictions. They can only do so much. Get over it. Billion dollar industry. It's the NFL. I don't think it's Fox. I think it's the NFL. Yeah, you're probably right. Get it together, Goodell. Come on, give the people what they want. Yeah, right. More anyway, football. More football. More football, the better. The more I'm going to like your games, there's more football to watch. Anyway, the Rams. Now, uh, just a game back in the division, that five seed in the NFC. Uh, they traveled to Minnesota now to play the Vikings, who escaped, I would say, a win. <laughs> they did cover uh, Monday Night Football against your Bears. Uh, the Vikings still very much relevant as well in the NFC playoff picture. So let me just get their records quick so I don't get this wrong. But Vikings sure. are seven and seven, I believe. I believe they're five hundred. I think that's correct. Um, and I think they're a seven seed. I think you're right about that too. Yep. Let's see here. This is great podcasting, by the way. The yeah. Rams ten and four, and the Vikings seven and seven. So, um, the Rams, if they want to put pressure on the Cardinals, need this one, and the Vikings, if they want to stick around in that seven spot, because they're seven and seven. The Saints are seven and seven. The Eagles are seven and seven. A lot of, of clutter there in that last wild card spot. The Vikings very much in the mix. So it opened up as the Vikings two and a half point dogs at home to the Rams. Now they are three point dogs at home to the Rams. Um, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I kind of like the Rams more, but you could kind of talk me to Minnesota, I guess, but I don't know. So here's the thing. Dalvin Cook tested positive for COVID, right? Oh, baby. Madison time. And well, I, I believe Cook is vaccinated. Okay. Guess who's not vaccinated? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. And if Kirk Cousins is a close contact to Dalvin Cook, which Shocking, he's your running back. How would you not be close contact? Cousins is officially would be officially out for this game. 
How in the hell? I mean, th- this is the Vikings playoff chances here. I, I Give me the Rams, man. Matthew Stafford against Kirk Cousins. I know Cousins has had a great year. Lucas, I apologize. But I don't I, – I, I, if they don't have Kirk Cousins, they don't have a prayer in this game. If Who's Dalvin, the backup? Who's the backup quarterback for the Vikings? Oh, God, that's a good question. I'm, I'm sure he's got a lot of neck to him. Uh, I have to look it up. I'm going to look it up. I feel like they drafted a quarterback in the second or third round. Oh, is it Mond? Yeah, it might be Kellen Mond. Wow. Backup. So, to, to me, I like the Rams here. Give me the Rams and the points. Rams win this one going away. Rams 35 to the Vikings 23. It looks like it's Sean Mannion. Oh, yeah, Sean Mannion. That, yeah, oh, God, that's even uh, – boy, give me Kellen Mond over that. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather have Mond, but I guess Mannion has NFL reps in his career, I guess. Um, yeah, the Rams have a good vibe about them. Um, let's just give the roses now to Cooper Cup. Uh, I think we did that to Jonathan Taylor earlier yep. in the, the show. Um, this is – if Aaron Rodgers were to get hurt or play like, you know, garbage down the stretch, um, they should either win co-MVP or just straight up give one of them the MVP. A running back has not won an MVP since uh, Adrian Peterson in 2012. Yeah. Um, and no wide receiver has ever won NFL MVP. Uh, Cooper Cup is putting together a season of all time um, numbers. And and I, I love Cooper Cup. I've been on, I've been trying to tell you guys all year how great he's been. And I think everyone's starting to come around a little bit. This guy is, as a Sean McVay type on the field, like he has the same mind, like he's so smart and understands everything. And then yet he pairs that with great hands, athleticism and explosiveness that uh, it's, it's just, he's so much fun to watch. Um, so I, I love Cooper cup. They found something with Sony Michelle as well. It looks like in the running game a little bit uh, more than I think they would have, you know, they could have asked for. So I think that's something um, Von Miller, I think got his first sack. Uh, for the Rams the other day and Jalen Ramsey's back <laughs> after missing that game with COVID and he is an absolute beast so I want to see the Ramsey Jefferson matchup here because Jefferson I think is making a case to be the second best receiver in the game right now I can't wait to watch that so uh, I like the Rams in the spot I know they're favored by three on the road I don't care uh, I, I, I think Cousins ultimately plays I haven't heard anything about um, him missing or anything but I guess that could change throughout the week um, right now operating as if Cousins plays. Give me the Rams, uh, thirty-one to the Vikings, twenty-four. Yeah, and I, I know I, I'm. Here's my MVP ballot right now. If I had a vote, I'd vote Jonathan Taylor one because I just think that offense is so dependent on him being who he is that they that he's so important. Rogers is number two. Cup is number three. And it's nothing against Cooper Cup, but if you take Aaron Rodgers off of the Packers, yep. they're done. You take Jonathan Taylor off of the Colts, they are done. I think if you take Cooper Cup off the Rams, it's going to hurt, but I think they still kind of battle for the playoffs. Rodgers or Taylor are out. No, those teams are toast. They're picking top 10. Yeah, because I just think McVay will get more out of Van Jefferson. I think he could increase Odell's role. I think McVay is smart enough to get around that. There's no getting around that for the Packers. Uh, the quarterback's just too important, and ultimately that's why it's become uh, a quarterback award. So um, maybe if you have said, you know, um, the Rodgers vaccination stuff, like he missed a game, 
you could say, look at what they did in the game you missed. <laughs> they were terrible. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just I, I ignore that stuff and focus mainly on the football field. And Rodgers is just remarkable. And he he just is such a difference maker each week. So yeah, I mean he'll I, I think he'll win it, but I, I just I think Jonathan Taylor as a running back and how they've become so dispensable and the way he's produced. I, I like Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and and I think there's been an argument on, on Twitter about Taylor versus Cup. On who's more valuable is like, oh, well, Cup has Matt Stafford. I'm like, okay, was well, Matt Stafford more valuable than what the Colts offensive line is? Because <laughs> I think Taylor also is a beneficiary of that. You know, I I think Rodgers dealing with the broken toe and the banged up uh, Packers offensive line and then Aaron Jones getting hurt. I think he honestly has dealt with more than both of them. So yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I think that Rodgers argument trumps both of them altogether. So yeah, I agree. That's fair. Uh, not, not, no slight against either of those guys. Remarkable years. Just absolute studs. Uh, all right. So we both like the Rams. Get the Vikings out of my life. I'm kind of done with them. Yeah, me More too. Justin Jefferson, though. I'm cool with that. <laughs> uh, now for the least important game of my day. Uh, <laughs> I am done with the New York Giants. I'm making that declaration right now. Uh, I should have done. I Actually, I made that declaration like two and a half years ago. Uh, but it's about time the other Giants fans are starting to come around here because I've been saying that this organization is a dumpster fire for far too long. And finally, those who wanted to hold out hope, the delusional fans who talk themselves in anything, any player, any GM, any owner, any traditional, you know, meaningful moment they want to just hang on to, that's fine. The Giants of the past mean a ton to me. The Giants of now anger me more than anything else. <laughs> I hate them. I hate everything they stand for. I didn't even get uh, my free medium soda because I'm not a season ticket holder, um, but I did buy one at a spite just because, hey, you know, I wanted to participate in the, uh, the fun <laughs> there. Um, the Giants are four and 10 now. They uh, uh, they started Mike Glennon, but uh, Jake Fromm ended that game last week. I, I expect Jake Fromm to be the starter this week. I expect him to finish the year because he looked better than Mike Glennon in one series uh, than Mike Glennon has in two and a half games. Mike Glennon stinks. We all know this. Um, just end this giant season. I'm over it. They have no pro bowlers on this team, and they, yet they're in cap hell. They're consistently reconstructing restructuring contracts. Um, they have to fire Dave Gettleman. They have to not hire uh, Kevin Abrams. Literal wholesale changes have to happen and they have to happen fast or things are going to get ugly. I would say among any other franchises in the league, the Giants perhaps are in the worst potential situation because of their cap situation, their lack of cap flexibility, their bad quarterback player, lack thereof quarterback play, I should say, their bad head coach, their inept general manager, and their just overall clueless owner. So changes are needed. They're not even maybe even considering to make changes. So the Giants are in a terrible, terrible situation. Yeah. So now they're four and ten on the season after losing to the Cowboys again last week. Um, now they bring in the Eagles, who the last win they had was against Philly at home. Um, probably shouldn't have won that game either, but they did win that game. Now Philly uh, seven and seven after beating the Washington Football Team on Tuesday. Uh, they have the playoffs in their sights, and it's a good time to get the Giants. And the Giants haven't won a game in Philly in eight years, I don't think so. Uh, no chance that happens here. I guess what could be interesting is that the Eagles are favored by nine and a half. It opened up that way and it is still nine and a half. This is a tough game to choose because it really depends on who they start at quarterback. If they're going Jake Fromm, I actually like the Giants in this game a little bit. And I'll get, 
not to win, but to cover. I, I, I think they can cover points. Philly's too Jekyll and Hyde for me. One game, they look really, really good. Um, example, against the Washington football team. And then the next game, they look like absolute trash. I think the issue with the Giants is you brought up a very interesting point because they could be in definitely worse shape. This is not a great quarterback draft class. Um, if it was a better draft class for quarterbacks, I, I think you can see the arrow pointing up. To me, the only move for the Giants is to trade for Deshaun Watson. You have to make that move. It'd be so ungiant like but think about it. They're probably going to end the year with probably two top six picks um, because the Bears, that, that game against the Giants is going to be huge. I just think you, you, you have to make that move at quarterback. And for this organization with the cap stuff, I'm not sure if they can even afford Deshaun Watson, let alone Russell Wilson. So that might be out of the question altogether, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, the Giants suck. They're terrible. They can't afford Jimmy Garoppolo, who Henry keeps trying to make happen. <laughs> yeah. they, can't afford, they can't afford me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, their cap. if you look at their cap situation, it's four years of trying to navigate this mess. I, I know people say you can get creative with the cap and everything. Yes, you can, and the cap's going to go up. But the shit that they've done with their cap, it's like four years of not being able to get any high-priced people. It's going to have to be draft, 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 draft of nothing but hits for this roster. With no pro bowlers, by the way. And a completely full cap situation with zero pro bowlers. And four wins. Yeah, it's bad. I, I like the Eagles here. I think the Giants cover because I think, you know, it's just – a classic trap game for Philly, in my opinion. But give me the Eagles 21 to the Giants 20. See, I think Philly's pissed that they lost to the Giants the first time. Uh, I, I just – I know Sirianni got the COVID list, but I don't even think Sirianni's that good anyway. I kind of think he's an idiot. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but he doesn't take advantage of the things that they're good at. Um, I, I think that Goddard's really hitting his stride. Um, he could be potentially in that, that tight end conversation if he were able to put together a full season. Um, Hertz, I know Philly fans are kind of split on Hertz. I don't think he is ever going to be an elite quarterback, but he's going to be uh, a unique quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, he's athletic enough. He has a good enough arm. He'll never be a pocket guy. He's not going to be Russell Wilson ever. I think you have to get that out of your head. He's not going to be Deshaun Watson, but he's a guy who you can have success with because he has yep. a unique skill set. Uh, maybe he could be a Lamar Jackson the most, but just like not as fast, but just like that similar style. Um, I, I think Philly is going to come out and just say the Giants are dead. We know they're dead. Uh, we threw snowballs at Santa. Now we're going to throw <laughs> snowballs at the Giants bury the Giants, embarrass the Giants. Maybe if you get them to fire Gettleman before the end of the year, I'll be so happy about this. I don't – you never fire a GM during the middle of the year. That, that, they that's did that with Jerry Reese for benching Eli Manning. So Really? Uh, yeah, that was the only time they really they, – the last time they did that was like 50 years before that. So. By the way, that McAdoo story is interesting. Well, the whole Gettleman teardown piece, which came out yesterday, is a whole uh, – that's a story for a whole other pod. But – these are all things we've been talking about for years. Gettleman is an egomaniac, psychopath, um, totally deranged, no idea what he's doing. But the Giants are in a terrible spot. Bad times to be a Giants fan here is all I'm saying. <laughs> very, very bad times. So, yeah, give me Philly at home. Nine and a half steep, but Giants stink. Giants, I, when was the last time we scored 20 points? Like uh, two months ago? Mm -hmm. So, 
Give me Philly 27 uh, to the Giants 12. All right. Uh, moving on. I, I, I'm sorry, Henry. We're already over an hour. Can't talk about that story right now. Have to do that another time. Uh, Tuesday show. And then all the pieces will come out at that point. Yeah, supposed we'll, to have all, we'll have um, a big off-season kind of situation when the season's over with. We'll bring on Vince and have to speak for his actions for waiting so long to turn on the Giants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. The last early game on Sunday is uh, the Bucks, who are coming off of a goose egg oh. performance on Sunday Night Football against the New Orleans Saints. For some reason, the New Orleans Saints, the regular season New Orleans Saints, are Tom Brady's current kryptonite. He has owned four against them in the regular season since joining Tampa Bay. Pretty crazy, actually. Like, I mean, I, I think you and I both thought they were going to get right and, and be able to write that ship, but no. Uh, the Saints just uh, their defense is frisky. They get in your face. They're not afraid. Uh, they knock Godwin out of the game. They're able to double team Gronk after that. I think Evans is a little bit hobbled too. And, and Fournette, by the way, Fournette uh, has a hammy now. So <clears throat> maybe the Saints just uh, a little too physical for the Bucks. Yeah, well, well they now. The Bucs now go to the Carolina to play the Panthers, who announced that Cam Newton was going to start. But the return of the ginger hero himself, Sam Darnold, is practicing this week. And then Rule said both of them are going to play. I'm I'm so sick of Matt Rule and this QB back-and-forth nonsense. Um, the Bucs open as 10.5-point favorites on the road. They are now 10-point favorites. Um, I guess give me the Bucs. They seem like they're angry. Um and it's Tom Brady against the Panthers team. That just seems like a disaster right now. Yeah, I believe AB comes back this week as well for the Bucks, yep. which is a Good huge point. plus. Um, Chris Godwin done for the year with the torn ACL. So that hurts their Super Bowl odds quite a bit. Yep. Um, and then Leonard Fournette, I don't know how long. Was it a hamstring? Because I know Mike Evans has a hamstring issue. So I that, thought it was a hammy, and they were considering putting in a IR, but I think that they're hoping he can come back for the playoffs. Fournette's so on IR. I his season. Yeah, for, for Fournette's on IR now. Okay, but it's not season ending then. Or there's like a dying, there's like a distinction you can put in there. Yeah, but it, I mean there's three weeks left in the season, so I'm not sure how you, you gotta be well, on think, IR for three weeks. Right. So he'll he can still come back for the playoffs, though, I yeah. think. But anyway, regardless of all that, Bucks win this one. Panthers suck. I don't I mean, Matt Rule's the most overrated piece of crap head coach. You know, <laughs> we, we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. I think people are so caught up in hiring these offensive geniuses that they don't look at people that have, you know, ingenuity that can, you know, scheme and also run a football team, you know, kind of like motor city, Dan Campbell over here, firing up his team. You know, it's not all about smoke and mirrors. Like we're going to play football. We're going to come after you. And then you have Matt rule. Who's just, you know, this hot college guy that could install this offense, but sucks as leading of men. I'm just done with college coaches, I guess. Anyway, but I, the Bucks are going to smoke him. I, I, I would not want to play Tom Brady after he gets nationally embarrassed. I, you know, he could throw for five touchdowns this game, and it wouldn't surprise me, especially with AB back. So give, give me the Bucks thirty-one to the Panthers ten. Steven just feels like a game where the Bucks defense scores like three touchdowns in the first half, and it's just yeah. over. Yeah, it's going to be over quick. Wouldn't it? Would it shock you? Like the the Cam Newton has two fumbles. <laughs> And one of them's returned for a touchdown, and then the other one, Ronald Jones, just takes in for like a five-yard touchdown. Like that wouldn't shock me at all. Um, what was your score again? Thir- Thirty-one to ten. I think Sam Darnold's going to throw a pick six. You're probably right about that. Uh, give me the Bucks, uh, twenty-nine to the Panthers, nine. I'll give them three field goals, nine. Yeah, that's nice of you. 
I'm a very nice person. All right, the late slate. I call this the Sunday late slate. Uh, this is the part of Red Zone that starts to calm down a little bit. The witching hour just ended, and you're like, you need a breather. And a lot of times it's the West Coast teams, and you're like, all right, what do we got on the docket today? Um, all right, some interesting games. Your Bears leading us off here in the late window, going to Seattle to play the Seahawks. And this has heavy draft implications for both <laughs> teams that play at MetLife Stadium. Uh, the Bears, I think, have the fifth pick for the Giants currently. And the Seahawks, I believe, still in the top 10 range for the Jets. Um, look, I don't love your Bears. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> they, they really – I expected them to see more. I expected to see more from Fields and just the offense in general against the Vikings. But nonetheless, uh, Matt Nagy is the, is the gift that truly holds back from giving other gifts. Um, so the Bears opened up as six-and-a-half-point underdogs in Seattle. Now let's see where they stand now on FanDuel. Uh, probably seven. Uh, it is still six-and-a-half. So um, Seattle, I think that's too steep for me, six-and-a-half. Uh, I don't think the Seahawks are good enough to really cover six-and-a-half. Um, so I like the Bears to cover, but I like Seattle to win. I, I I don't get this at all when it comes to the Bears without their entire secondary against the Vikings. The, the, no one. Kirk Cousins threw for 87 yards. Dalvin Cook ran for 89. <laughs> Justin Jefferson had under 50 yards receiving. <laughs> and they still lost the game with an entire backup secondary. And they found Thomas Graham Jr., who looks like he's going to be a hell of a football player. I like him. Yeah, he looks good. And they got Jalen Johnson coming back, who's another good corner. So, hey, we got two cornerbacks, baby. Woo! Uh, we got the ultimate Pro Bowl snub in Roquan Smith. How he did not make the Pro Bowl is, is laughable to me, but Bobby Wagner did. So maybe it's a little motivation. <clears throat> I think the Bears defense is going to keep this, keep them in this game. But I threw a stat in our group chat, Randy, and they took – offensive scheme and routes that were predicted to get a wide receiver opened guess who ranks dead last in this <laughs> the bears the bears 32 percent expected open rate I, I i don't even have words this this offense is stupid i thought urban myers was bad matt Nagy, who comes from the andy reed coaching tree I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I, I'm just done with this thing. Um, you know, and it sucks because I think Ryan Pace has done enough where you could be kind of like, you know what? He, he's not terrible. You know, he's drafted really well in the later rounds. First round picks, yeah, kind of messed up. You, you don't know about that. Justin Fields, I believe out of all the rookie quarterbacks, has shown the most flashes of being elite. Um, the, the arm strength is really good. The running ability is elite. Um, you know, he had 285 yards passing. God knows how, but he, he's a, he turns over the ball. He fumbles way too much. I, I, I don't know how to judge the quarterback right now. Um, it looks like Tevin Jenkins is a player. And for God's sakes, I, I would cut Jermaine Fetty immediately like your quarterback's getting brutalized and your bitch ass offensive line is just like, ah, whatever, Justin, you're a rookie. Take your lumps, you piece of shit. And Tevin Jenkins comes in there. It's like, ah, not so fast, my guys. So it was nice to see some fight, some nastiness. That's what you want from your offensive line. But this team fucking sucks. I hate Matt Nagy. 
um, as a coach, as a person, by all counts, you know, God bless you. I, I, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. You would have been fired a long time ago if I was in charge of things. But I, I think wholesale changes are coming from the Bears, which is interesting. Can Pete Carroll save his job in these last weeks? Can Russell Wilson prove to stay in Seattle? There's a lot more here in play for the Seahawks than there is the Bears. And the one thing, Randy, the Bears have lost by double digits all but one game this year that they've lost. And I don't know how the Bears cover this. Like, you want to talk yourself into covering? No, the Bears are not going to cover. Vegas is giving me easy money again. I'm taking the Seahawks, and I think they're going to win by double digits. Give me the Seahawks 27 to the God, maybe the Bears score a touchdown. I don't know. 27 to something, single digit wise. Oh, Jesus. The Seahawks are kind of a mess, though. I don't really trust them to to blow anyone out. That's my thing. I don't I guess the Bears are a mess too. I guess the, are... the Bears are worse. The, yeah. the Bears might be those they've lost nine of their last 10 games. Okay. Nine of their last 10. They have the worst scoring offense in the NFL, worse than the Jags. Worse than the Giants somehow. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this is historically bad. If they didn't have Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, I mean, how could you lose with this defense? It's like built in for you to not be stupid. And here are the Bears getting blown out every game. Seahawks are covering. <laughs> well, I'm going to say the Bears. Some the world cover this game i'm gonna say seattle 20 to the bears 16 i'm, I'm just gonna mark it down as an l for you right now okay well i guess on sunday we'll find out anyway um as far as the bears not getting open i guess that would imply that bears are slow um of all the animals in the football world are is the bear the slowest one like a, an actual bear like if you lined up all the animals in the football world is a bear would lose that race well, I mean, I know a bear can get up to double digits miles per hour, like 17 or 18 miles per hour. Um, so they're not a slow creature by any means of the. Yeah, we're but, talking a lot of cats, a lot of birds. Yeah, and cats. A dolphin. Yeah. I mean, if you put a dolphin on land, I, I, well, I don't. That, yeah, but even playing fields. You know, I, I bet a bear is faster than a bill. A buffalo, yeah, a buffalo is probably the closest thing. I would yeah. say that's probably true. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think what other animals are out there. I mean, you're looking at colts and broncos, and, and I mean, you're not faster yeah. than a horse. I don't think you're faster than a horse. No, no, you're definitely not. Um, uh, you're looking at Bengals and jaguars, lions. Faster and, than a ram. Yeah, okay, there you go. You're probably faster than a ram. There you go. All you right. got one. All right, spare it. Bear is technically not the slowest animal then. Bear so, down. All right. All right. We figured it out. Definitely not the slowest one. Rams are useless. Huh? Who likes yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty useless animal. All right. Uh, no more PETA coming after us now. <laughs> All right. Uh, two more games on the late slate. This is taking way longer than I expected it to. That's okay. Uh, Broncos at Raiders. Um, it looks like Teddy Bridgewater is out for this one. Uh, and Drew Locke will get the start. Um, the Raiders coming off of a dramatic last-second win over the Browns on uh, that early Monday night football game. They opened up as a one and a half point favorite over the Broncos. Now they're a one and a half. They're a one point underdog at home. So the Broncos, what did I miss? I, I, I like the Raiders in this spot. I don't like Drew Locke at all. 
Yeah, I, to me, this is a stay away game. I, I am not a fan of the Broncos right now with Drew Locke. Drew Locke starting the most important game of his career in the NFL, and I don't like it. I don't like Drew Locke. Drew Locke is like Sam Darnold territory. If he's playing, I'm picking the other team. I'm going the <laughs> other way here. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders, and, and the Raiders are definitely covering. Uh, Raiders are going to win outright. Give me the Raiders 24 to the Broncos 10. I just hmm. – This game. is a battle of two seven and seven teams, by the way. So I guess in theory they're still alive in that AFC wild card spot. And look, if Derek Carr leads the Raiders to the playoffs somehow, <laughs> I mean, I'll take him on my team any day of the week. The Coach of the year for this. Derek Carr. Huh? Coach of the year for Derek Carr. Seriously, I mean, I I, I got a ton of respect for Derek Carr if that somehow happens here. Uh, but the Broncos, a bad time to lose to Teddy Bridgewater here. <laughs> they would not be seven and seven if it wasn't for him. If they had Drew Brock all year, you're probably looking at a four and ten situation. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, uh, I think this is going to end for the Broncos in a way that they were hoping that it didn't. So, uh, give me the Raiders. Uh, I don't know if they're going to win that much, but I'll say uh, 17 uh, to 10 over the Broncos. All right. Now for the last late game before we get to the primetime matchups. This is an interesting one. Could be a blowout. Could be a close game. Who is to tell? Uh, We're going to Arrowhead Stadium now in Kansas City where the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, This game opened as the Chiefs favored by nine and a half, and it has gone down to seven and a half. So a little bit of action there uh, from when the lines opened. Uh, but, you know, the Chiefs now the one seed in the AFC at 10 and four, and the Steelers are still relevant. They can win the division. They can make the wild card spot at seven, six, and one, but they have work to do and they need help. Uh, I kind of like the Chiefs here. I don't like Big Ben. I just kind of feel like the Steelers' magic is going to end eventually. Yeah, the Chiefs are going to get Chris Jones back with Melvin Ingram, and it's just a different defense right now. Um, Grant, they didn't stop the Chargers that much. But it just felt like the Chiefs were just kind of hanging around, hanging around, letting Brandon Staley make those fourth down mistakes. To me, this screams Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs and the points. I think it's a walk in the park for the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs 40. I I, I got to get a 40 spot in this week. Oof. Give me the Chiefs 40 to the Steelers 17. Wow. 40. That's crazy. I mean, look, if TJ Watt plays, I don't see a 40 burger, but if he doesn't play, it's a different defense. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, should note Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, both put on the COVID uh, reserve list for now. It seems both like they're both vaccinated. They should both be back. So I'm not totally concerned about that. Um, I did keep Nicole Hardman on my team just <laughs> in case. Uh, I think it could be a decent week for him if, if that's the case. But uh, the Steelers are just, I feel like, on the brink of being a disaster every single week. Um, and they're not playing the Titans this week. And the Chiefs feel like they're hitting their stride. And now um, they're the team to beat in the AFC. So uh, you like them to cover and you like them to win. I do like them to do the same. I don't think it's going to be quite a 40-burger, but uh, I do think they put up points. Uh, so give me the Chiefs a 34 to the Steelers 17. All right. Prime time time. Let's get this out of the way. The Washington football team, it feels like their season had a nice run, but now it is basically over. Uh, they are six and eight or six and seven on the season. I'm gonna have, probably six and eight. Uh, that makes the most sense here. 
Yeah, six and eight. I guess the Cowboys, who are ten and four, but they don't feel ten and four. They got to be one of the worst ten and four teams I can remember. Um, they, I mean, their defense is great, or at least playing great. Dak is not right. Cooper is not right. Lamb drops the ball too often for my liking. Um, the O line could be a little bit more banged up than we realized, but they took care of business against the Giants, and they have a chance for the one seed, believe it or not, which is kind of crazy to think about if if the Packers were to lose. But um, Dallas, uh, all things considered, are in a better spot um, than I think they would even <laughs> consider coming into the season. If you said, hey, Hard Knocks uh, back in August, you're going to be 10-4 and four going into Christmas um, with a chance to win the division against Washington the day after, uh, you would probably take that. Uh, they opened up as 10.5-point favorites. They're now at 10. Feels like too many points, so I might take Washington to cover, but ultimately I like Dallas to win. Yeah, I, I, I like Dallas. Um, what was the points again? How much were they getting? Uh, 10. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think Washington covers that. Um, yeah. I'll probably stay away from this game, though, to be honest with you, Randy. I just I, I don't like it because I can see Dallas winning by 10. Um, but this a game lot just of happened two weeks ago, though, by the way. Yeah. And Dallas should have covered, and they, they somehow didn't. So Yeah, that's that's true. So, yeah, I, I like Washington to cover initially. I'm not going to bet it, but – Dallas is a two seed right now. Dallas is playing decent football. I don't know. I guess Heineke starting. So that may offer a little hope for the Washington yep. football team. Guy. Yeah, your guy, the beer man, <laughs> beer man. Uh, but I like Dallas. Give me Dallas 24 to 20. I think that's going to be a close game. Yeah. Uh, I'll take Dallas uh, 26 to 21 over Washington. Uh, I think it, these usually, these teams usually play entertaining games. Uh, with Heineke back, I think it'll be the similar one. I mean, Heineke did see looks like he had deer in the headlights last time they played, but uh, I think he's out to come back and, and, and prove he can handle it a little bit. But I got to say, Dallas's defense looking like a freaking wagon out there. It's kind of kind of scary to see. Yeah. Uh, I kind of hate it, to be honest with you, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, that's Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football, and this is the day we've all been waiting for. The day my mother gave birth to your boy, the 30th anniversary of such occurrence uh <laughs> I get happy blessed. early birthday i get blessed with a decent actually a decent monday night football game here uh, a lot of stakes out on the line here i think both these teams are seven and seven uh the uh, saints competing for that final nfc playoff spot and the dolphins from one and seven to seven and seven hats off to you brian flores to a tag of Iloa. my god what a comeback it has been for you guys um the Saints are so weird because they lose to the Giants and they lose to crap teams, but then they go to New England and they beat the Patriots. They beat the Bucks twice and they lose the Falcons at home. I, 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 the Saints are so random. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand the New Orleans Saints. Um, but it looks like you told me earlier in the show or before the show that Taysom Hill tested positive for COVID uh, and, and Ian Book, Notre Dame legend, going to play quarterback for the Saints here. That ultimately likes, makes me like the Dolphins more than anything. Yeah, I like the Dolphins here just because of how Jekyll and Hyde-ish the Saints are. Keep in mind, the Saints started the season 1-0 and because Aaron Rodgers threw three interceptions. Yep. So the Saints have – Florida, real... by the way. Florida. Yeah, Florida. Yeah, he does not do well in Florida, that Aaron Rodgers character. Um, to me, I, I think the Dolphins win this game. I think the Dolphins are kind of on a different plane right now. So I like how they're playing football. Uh, Tua's played really good football. Um He's on the right track, and this may have moved the Dolphins out of Deshaun Watson territory, which means they yeah. can use the draft picks to help Tua. 
which yeah. makes us an instantly more interesting team. Um, I think the Dolphins keep on, I, and I think the Dolphins are making the playoffs. I predicted the Dolphins to make the playoffs. I think they're going to make it. I'm not going to back off of my Dolphins here. Um, so it'll be an interesting game. AFC East is not totally settled. The Dolphins are not out of that division prediction winner yet. They can still get that division. But um, what's the spread here? Dolphins are favored by what, three? So the Saints are favored by – well, they opened up as favored, favorites by three and a half. Now they're one and a half point dogs. So the Dolphins favored by one and a half. Okay, makes sense. Uh, give me the Dolphins to – Dolphins on the points. I like it here. They should be yep. favored. Um, oh, God, what's – I don't know what the score is going to be. This, this is a weird game because Taysom it's Hill weird. and Trevor Simeon might be out, might both play. If they're both out, Ian Book's going to play, and that's a totally different team. I don't care what anyone says. Um, give me the Dolphins 20 uh, – 27 to 17. I don't like the score, but that's what I'm going to go. Yeah. Like the Saints just shut out Tom Brady. So <laughs> I can't really say the Dolphins are going to score too many points, um, but I do think they're going to win. So give me the Dolphins 16 to 13 uh, over the Saints. Uh, and, and it just kind of feels like what this game is. Two pretty good defenses, two offenses I don't really know what to make of, um, but with two uh, solid coaches. So uh, Dolphins 16 to 13. Because uh, Ian Book, I don't know what to expect, but all my Notre Dame friends and family will be thrilled to see a Notre Dame guy out there uh, playing the NFL snaps. So that does it. That's our preview show for week 16. Uh, thank you all for be- bearing with us. I know we had a schedule change. COVID kind of affected how we wanted to do that. But uh, we kind of have to roll with the times here. So we did a little condensed show. But, Matt, I still think, you know, we rocked it with the gambling and all the tips uh, previewing what we had ahead. Oh, yeah. You know, I think when you find a balance in life, Randy, it really creates epiphanies and better ways of doing things. And if there's one thing we've always been on the audible, we've been award winning, we've been award nominated, we sing, we don't dance, um, (laughs) we act. And of all those accolades, I think the one thing that can be said about us, Randy, is that we are innovative. We innovate new strategies. We come up with new trendy things we are a trendy show here so you know i i think we hit a decent stride here and you know what we want to give our audience the best show possible and i think we bring it every week covid vaccine coming near you soon <laughs> running by the audible no I'm kidding. uh we're not that innovative anyway look it's christmas eve eve matt bushnell it's always been a pleasure to do this with you throughout all of the year but on the holiday season it's a great time to reflect and spend time with your family you have anything special going on with you and your family? I just hope that you get to enjoy it and, and enjoy time off if you have it. Yeah, the best part about being a father is, you know, the holidays and having all the kids and everything. As we all know, I have a small army of them, six of them, six <laughs> beautiful children. Me and my wife are very proud of all six of them. And seeing them open presents is always the highlight. It's the best part of the day, you know, and nothing beats that as a parent seeing the joy on a child's face. So that's what I look forward to. You know, it's not so much about what I get. It's about what everyone else gets. True meaning of uh, the season of giving. Honestly, it's making other people's happy, making other people happy is the best gift of them all. Uh, I I truly love doing that as well. And uh, part of it now, I don't have kids of my own. I have 
little siblings. Uh, I, have, I have nieces and nephews, but I, I like to get back to my parents now. And, and I appreciate all the effort that they have had throughout our lives. And I know it wasn't always easy for them to make us feel special and give us happy Christmases, but they always did everything they could to do that for us. So now it's my turn as an adult to give back to them and say, hey, I, I always appreciate you making this a special time of the year. So uh, if that helps them be prouder of me as a child, then I want to do that for them as well. So that's uh, what it means for us. So I hope you guys all uh, listening and watching have a uh, have time with your families as well, your kids or your parents or whoever. Uh, if you have time off, enjoy it. Uh, I know this is a popular time of year for people to do that. Um, but hey, maybe you want to sit and watch football. And then to do that, you listen to us to prepare yourself. And we greatly appreciate that as well. But Matt, we're not the only thing going. We're not the only show in town. When you are a Life Group member, we have plenty of content provided for you. Why don't you tell the audience about the rest of the shows? Yeah, um, the first and foremost, you know, Christmas is always marked by basketball matchups. Sure and is. In basketball life, we have the step back with Jacob Anthony Moses and Leon Tompkins. They won again this past week. Great show, fellas. Love listening to you on the audio on the audio platform, Spotify iTunes, whatever is your preference, check these guys out along with them being on YouTube and Facebook in the Best Ball Life group. But the Step Back podcast is great. They are huge Bulls fans. I know I talk about it. They they love the Bulls so much. I believe I heard Jacob Anthony Moses says that they're going to win the championship this year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, hey, you know what? I may have misheard. I might have <laughs> misheard there, but you know what? I'm going to give Jacob the benefit of the doubt here. And that's what I'm going to go with. We also have Dong City with Henry Maldonado Jr. and Vince Mercandetti. Love talking baseball with these guys. They're about as knowledgeable as they come. Very opinionated. Um, they, they do like their Yankees. So, you know, be warned. You're going to get your heavy dose of Yankee talk. But good baseball chatter. A lot of free agent thoughts. Frustration with House with Hal Steinbrenner and with all the groups. They're in a lockout. You know, what's baseball anyway? I mean, it's, it's, Dog look, City, much like Major League Baseball, is in a lockout. Look, when, when I'm down and out, Randy, and I have been with the Chicago Bears lately, I just sit back and turn on Luis Robert highlights, and my frown gets turned upside down because watching Luis Robert – or I'm sorry, for Henry, Luis Robert – Thank you. I was going to say something about this. Good. I'm glad, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you let me correct myself. But watching him hit a baseball is a work of art. So great show from those guys. And then when we go to another baseball podcast with Felipe Melicio, and I believe Austin Sparrow has replaced Sean Connor Flannery in the Total Bases podcast. We've had a move in that direction. I don't know for sure if it's been announced, but I see Austin on there a lot. Austin and Felipe do a very wonderful job. Congratulations, fellas. Love listening to you guys talk about fantasy baseball, rankings, and everything else. And I guess we have to wait for their 2023 fantasy baseball rankings because we're not going to have a 2022 season. Look, the players want more money. Donk City wants more money. There's just negotiations ongoing all around. Look, when you're, 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 you're bringing the entertainment, you're bringing the ratings, you, you got to get what you deserve. And I don't blame the players. I don't blame Vince or Henry for, for fighting for what they deserve. The owners better pay up here. I don't know who's paying up for Donk City, but they better pay up. Yeah, Bill pay Simmons, up. Spotify, whoever owns it, I don't care. Someone better start writing checks around here. That's right. We don't <laughs> work for free, damn it. 
<laughs> I thought we did. Anyway, uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, these Thursday matinees have been fun. Uh, greatly appreciate everyone participating in these shows. We hope you make, we make you guys some money. Hope we get you ready for the weekend as, as it is. I think it is truly the best weekend of the year for football. Uh, sports in general, I love this, this weekend. Uh, hopefully COVID doesn't affect it too much. Hopefully we all can just enjoy it. Hopefully you are healthy and can spend some time with your family this holiday season. So uh, I want to say thank you for joining us on Facebook participating we greatly appreciate all of the interaction if, if you're listening to us on the audio only platform you're wrapping gifts you got some christmas music you like the dulcet tones of matt bushnell you like the nasally tones of randy hammond we greatly appreciate that as well so matt uh do you have any holiday parting words for our audience be merry happy holidays happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa Chanaka, or whatever you celebrate i love all of you thank you so much for a great year as always, uh, well, I, that's our next our next week's show. But thank you, everyone, for a great holiday season. Look forward to talking to you guys on Tuesday. And on behalf of the Life Group podcast and my family here in upstate New York, I want to wish you all a merry, very merry Christmas. I hope you guys all stay very healthy. And I can't wait to see you guys back here next week. On behalf of Matt Bushnell, I'm Randy Hammond saying enjoy the holiday and week 16. <laughs>